Section 86 of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume 1. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part 86. Education is, as far as I have been able to ascertain, more widely extended among street children than it was twelve or fifteen years ago. The difficulty in arriving at any conclusion on such a subject is owing to the inability to find any one who knew, or could even form a tolerably accurate judgment, of what was the state of education among these juveniles even twelve years back. Perhaps it may be sufficiently correct to say that among a given number of street children, where a dozen years ago you met twenty who could read, you will now meet upwards of thirty. Of sixteen children, none apparently fifteen years of age, whom I questioned on the subject, nine admitted that they could not read, the other seven declared that they could, but three annexed to the avowal the qualifying words, a little. Ten were boys and six were girls, and I spoke to them promiscuously as I met them in the street. Two were Irish lads who were working oranges in company and the bigger answered, "'Sure, then, we can read, your honour, sir.' I have little doubt that they could, but, in all probability, had either of those urchins thought he would be a penny the better by it, he would have professed to a perfect stranger that he had a knowledge of algebra. "'Yes, sir, I do, then,' would very likely be his response to any such inquiry, and when told he could not possibly know anything about it, he would answer, "'Arr, then,' but I didn't understand, Your Honour. To the ragged schools is, in all probability, owing this extension of the ability to read. It appears that the attendance of the street children at the ragged school is most uncertain, as indeed must necessarily be the case where the whole time of the lad is devoted to obtaining a subsistence. From the best information I can collect, it appears that the average attendance of these boys at these schools does not exceed two hours per week, so that the amount of education thus acquired, if education it may be called, must necessarily be scanty in the extreme, and is frequently forgotten as soon as learned. With many of these little traders a natural shrewdness compensates in some measure for the deficiency of education and enables them to carry on their variety of trades with readiness and dexterity, and sometimes with exactness. One boy with whom I had a conversation told me that he never made any mistake about the coppers, although, as I subsequently discovered, he had no notion at all of arithmetic beyond the capability of counting how many pieces of coin he had, and how much copper money was required to make a tanner or a bob. This boy vended coat studs. He had also some metal collars for dogs, or, as he said, for cats either. These articles he purchased at the same shop in Houndsditch, where there was a wonderful lot of other things to be had, only some of them cost more money. In speaking of money, the slang phrases are constantly used by the street lads. Thus, a sixpence is a tanner, a shilling, a bob, or a hog, a crown is a bull, a half-crown, a half-bull, and so on. Little, as a modern writer has remarked, do the persons using these phrases know of their remote and somewhat classical origin, 
which may indeed be traced to the period antecedent to that when monarchs monopolized the surface of coined money with their own images and superscriptions they are identical with the very name of money among the early romans which was pecunia from pecus a flock the collections of coin dealers amply show that the figure of a hog was anciently placed on a small silver coin and that of a bull decorated larger ones of the same metal these coins were frequently deeply crossed on the reverse this was for the convenience of easily breaking them into two or more pieces should the bargain for which they were employed require it and the parties making it had no smaller change handy to complete the transaction thus we find that the half-bull of the itinerant street-seller or traveller so far from being a phrase of modern invention as is generally supposed is in point of fact referable to an era extremely remote numerous other instances might be given of the classical origin of many of the flash or slang words used by these people i now give the answers i received from two boys the first his mother told me was the best scholar at his school when he was there and before he had to help her in street sale he was a pale and not at all forward boy of thirteen or fourteen and did not appear much to admire being questioned he had not been to a ragged school but to an academy kept by an old man he did not know what the weekly charge was but when father was living he died last autumn the schoolmaster used to take it out in vegetables father was a costermonger mother minded all about his schooling and master often said she behaved to him like a lady god this child told me was our heavenly father and the maker of all things he knew everything and everybody he knew people's thoughts and every sin they committed if no one else knew it he was the kingdom and the power and the glory for ever and ever amen jesus christ was our lord and saviour he was the son of god and was crucified for our sins he was a god himself Note, the child understood next to nothing of the doctrine of the trinity and i did not press him End note. the scriptures which were the bible and testament were the word of god and contained nothing but what was good and true if a boy lied or stole or committed sins he said he would be punished in the next world which endured for ever and ever amen it was only after death when it was too late to repent that people went to the next world he attended chapel sometimes as to mundane matters the boy told me that victoria was queen of great britain and ireland she was born may the twenty fourth eighteen nineteen and succeeded his late majesty king william the fourth july the twentieth eighteen thirty seven she was married to his royal highness prince albert and so on and so on france was a different country to this he had heard there was no king or queen there but didn't understand about it you couldn't go to france by land no more than you could to ireland didn't know anything of the old times in history hadn't been told had heard of the battle of waterloo the english licked had heard of the battle of trafalgar and of lord nelson didn't know much about him but there was his pillar at charing cross just by the candlesticks note fountains end note 
when i spoke of astronomy the boy at once told me he knew nothing about it he had heard that the earth went round the sun but from what he'd noticed shouldn't have thought it he didn't think that the sun went round the earth it seemed to go more sideways would like to read more if he had time but he had a few books and there was hundreds not so well off as he was i am far from undervaluing indeed i would not indulge in an approach to a scoff at the extent of this boy's knowledge many a man who piques himself on the plenitude of his breeches pocket and who attributes his success in life to the fullness of his knowledge knows no more of nature man and god than this poor street child another boy perhaps a few months older gave me his notions of men and things he was a thick-limbed red-cheeked fellow answered very freely and sometimes when i could not help laughing at his replies laughed loudly himself as if he entered into the joke yes he adhered of god who made the world couldn't exactly recollect when he'd heard on him but he had most certainly didn't know when the world was made or how anybody could do it it must have taken a long time it was afore his time or yawn either sir knew there was a book called the bible didn't know what it was about didn't mind to know knew of such a book to a certainty because a young woman took one to pop note pawn end note for an old woman that was on the spree a brand new un but the cove wouldn't have it and the old woman said he might be d blank d never heerd tell on the deluge of the world having been drownded it couldn't for there wasn't water enough to do it he weren't a-going to fret hisself for such things as that didn't know what happened to people after death only that they was buried had seen a dead body laid out was a little afeard at first poor dick looked so different and when you touched his face he was so cold oh so cold adhered on another world wouldn't mind if he was there hisself if he could do better for things was often queer here adhered on it from a tailor such a clever cove a stunner as went to australia note australia end note and heard him say he was going into another world had never heard of france but had heard of frenchmen there wasn't half a court of so many on em as of italians with their earrings like flash gals didn't dislike foreigners for he never saw none what was they had heard of ireland didn't know where it was but it couldn't be very far or such lots wouldn't come from there to london should say they walked it ay every bit of the way for he'd seen them come in all covered with dust had heard of people going to sea and had seen the ships in the river but didn't know nothing about it for he was very seldom that way the sun was made of fire or it wouldn't make you feel so warm the stars was fire too or they wouldn't shine they didn't make it warm they was too small didn't know any use they was of didn't know how far they was off a jolly lot higher than the gaslights some on em was was never in a church had heard they worshipped god there didn't know how it was done had heard singing and playing inside when he'd passed never was there for he hadn't no togs to go in and wouldn't be let in among such swells as he had seen coming out was a ignorant chap for he'd never been to school but was up to many a move and didn't do bad mother said he would make his fortune yet had heard of the duke of wellington he was old nosy didn't think he ever seed him but had seed his statty hadn't heard of the battle of waterloo nor who it was atween once lived in webber row waterloo road 
thought he had heard speak of bonaparte didn't know what he was thought he had heard of shakespeare but didn't know whether he was alive or dead and didn't care a man with something like that name kept a dolly and did stunning but he was such a hard cove that if he was dead it wouldn't matter had seen the queen but didn't recollect her name just at the minute oh yes victoria and albert had no notion what the queen had to do should think she hadn't such power note he had first to ask me what power was end note, as the lord mayor or as mr norton as was the lambeth beak and perhaps is still was never once before a beak and didn't want to hated the crushers what business had they to interfere with him if he was only resting his basket in a street had been once to the wick and once to the bower liked tumbling better he meant to have a little pleasure when the peas came in the knowledge and the ignorance of these two striplings represent that of street children generally those who may have run away from a good school or a better sort of home as far as means constitute such betterness of course form exceptions so do the utterly stupid the morals religion and opinions of the street trading children are the next topic their business morals have been indicated in the course of my former statements and in the general tone of the remarks and conversation of street sellers as traders their morals may be lax enough they give short weight and they give short measure they prick the juice out of oranges and brush up old figs to declare they're new their silk braces are cotton their buck leather braces are wash leather their sponge is often rotten and their salves and cures quackeries speak to any one of the quicker-witted street sellers on the subject and though he may be unable to deny that his brother traders are guilty of these shortcomings he will justify them all by the example of shopkeepers one man especially with whom i have more than once conversed on the subject broadly asserts that as a whole the streets are in all matters of business honester than the shops it ain't we runs the purport of his remarks as makes coffee out of sham chicory it ain't we as makes cigars out of rhubarb leaves we don't make duffers handkerchiefs nor weave cotton things and call them silk if we quacks a bit does we make fortins by it as shopkeepers does with their ointments and pills if we give slang weights how many rich shopkeepers is fined for that there and how many's never found out and when one on em's fined why he calculates how much he's into pocket between what he's made by slanging and what he's been fined and on he goes again he didn't know that there ever was short weight given in his shop not he no more do we at our stalls or barrows who adulterates the beer who makes old tea leaves in a new who grinds rice among pepper and as for smuggling that nobody thinks there's any harm in buying smuggled things what we does is like that pencil you're writing with to a great tree compared to what the rich people does oh don't tell me sir a gentleman like you that sees so much of what's going on must know we're better than the shopkeepers are to remarks such as these i have nothing to answer it would be idle to point out to such casuists that the commission of one wrong can never justify another the ignorant reverse the doctrine of right and live not by rule but by example 
i have unsparingly exposed the rogueries and trickeries of the street people and it is but fair that one of them should be heard in explanation if not in justification the trade ethics of the adult street folk are also that of the juveniles so on this subject i need dwell no longer what i have said of the religion of the women street sellers applies with equal truth to the children their religious feelings are generally formed for them by their parents especially their mothers if the children have no such direction then they have no religion i did not question the street seller before quoted on this subject of the want of the christian spirit among his fraternity old or young or he would at once have asked me in substance to tell him in what class of society the real christian spirit was to be found as to the opinions of the street's children i can say little for the most part they have formed no opinions of anything beyond what affects their daily struggles for bread of politics such children can know nothing if they are anything they are chartists in feeling and are in general honest haters of the police and of most constituted authorities whom they often confound with the police officer as to their opinions of the claims of friendship and of the duty of assisting one another i believe these children feel and understand nothing about such matters the hard struggles of their lives and the little sympathy they meet with make them selfish there may be companionship among them but no friendship and this applies i think alike to boys and girls the boy's opinion of the girl seems to be that she is made to help him or to supply gratification to his passions there is yet a difficult inquiry as to the opinions which are formed by the young females reared to a street life i fear that those opinions are not and cannot be powerfully swayed in favour of chastity especially if the street girl have the quickness to perceive that marriage is not much honoured among the most numerous body of street folk if she have not the quickness to understand this then her ignorance is in itself most dangerous to her virtue she may hear too expressions of an opinion that going to church to be wed is only to put money into the clergyman's or as these people say the parson's pocket without the watchful care of the mother the poor girl may form an illicit connection with little or no knowledge that she is doing wrong and perhaps a kind and indulgent mother may be herself but a concubine feeling little respect for a ceremony she did not scruple to dispense with to such opinions however the irish furnish the exception the dwelling-places of the street children are in the same localities as i specified regarding the women those who reside with their parents or employers sleep usually in the same room with them and sometimes in the same bed nearly the whole of those however who support themselves by street trade live or rather sleep in the lodging-houses it is the same with those who live by street vagrancy or begging or by street theft and for this lazy or dishonest class of children the worst description of lodging-houses have the strongest attractions as they meet continually with tramps from the country and keep up a constant current of scheming and excitement 
it seems somewhat curious that considering the filth and noisomeness of some of these lodging-houses the children who are inmates suffer only the average extent of sickness and mortality common to the districts crammed with the poor perhaps it may be accounted for by the circumstance of their being early risers and their being in the open air all day so that they are fatigued at the close of day and their sleep is deep and unbroken i was assured by a well-educated man who was compelled to resort to such places that he has seen children sleep most profoundly in a lodging-house throughout a loud and long-continued disturbance many street children who are either alone in the world or afraid to return home after a bad day's sale sleep in the markets or under the dry arches there are many other lads who being unable to pay the penny tuppence or threepence demanded in prepayment by the lodging-house keepers pass the night in the streets wherever shelter may be attainable the number of outcast boys and girls who sleep in and about the purlieus of covent garden market each night especially during the summer months has been computed variously and no doubt differs according to circumstances but those with whom i have spoken upon the subject and who of all others are most likely to know consider the average to be upwards of two hundred end of section eighty six